You can go ahead and be seated as I introduce the, the word of the Lord this evening and read a brief word. The title of my message this evening, I know that we got Christmas coming up. I know that people got a lot of things on their agenda and I know that they're out doing shopping and doing all sorts of other things. So I thank God that you've taken the time to be here and uh, surrender yourself to the word of the Lord. And I just pray that you are blessed by what God has for us this evening. But as I sought the word and I sought the Lord, you know, what word to bring this evening, I know traditionally we'll bring a Christmas message and I'll probably fit that in before Christmas hits. But tonight, the title of my message is simply don't give up. It's taken from Galatians six, chapter nine, which says this and then we'll pray. It said, let us not grow weary in well-doing. For at the proper time or in due season, we will reap a harvest if we what? If we don't give up. You see, the reality is the devil tries every single day to get you to give up. Give up on your family, to give up on your household, to give up on your ministry, to give up on your dreams, to give up on your promises, to give up on your spouse, to give up on your kids. That's his goal. It's to get you to give up. But Jesus is encouraging us here. God is encouraging us here to not give up. And I don't know about you, but I want to reap my harvest. Amen. I want to reap the blessings of God. But there's a requirement there. And my requirement is that I just hang in there and don't give up. Amen. So let's go to the Lord in prayer, because that's the word of the Lord for us this evening. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your amazing grace. We thank you for your amazing love. We thank you, Father God, as we sang that you gave up your life so that we could have life and not just life, but life more abundantly. I just thank you for that, God. I thank you for the word that you have for your children tonight. I thank you for the promises that you have for us and the harvest that you have for us and the healing that you have for us and the blessings that you have for us, God. I thank you that they're there for us, God, and all that you ask us to do is to not grow weary in well-doing and to not give up, Father. So I pray that you would challenge us with your word tonight, that you would encourage us with your word tonight and and bless us with your word this evening. I pray, as I always do, for the the anointing of your Holy Spirit. God, it seems like there's been 101 distractions for me this week and even this day. And I know there has been for your people. But I pray that you would come against every distraction tonight, God, that you would come against every hindering spirit that would come to take away your word, Father. And I pray that your spirit would would rule and reign in this house and in our hearts tonight. As I always say and ask, God, I ask that you would arrest my mind and arrest my words and arrest my heart. Bring me under your control, God, so that you would be glorified in all that is said and done tonight. Give us ears to hear, God. Give us hearts that are willing to listen. And then I pray that you would give us the courage to be doers of your word and to live out, Father God, what you call us to tonight. We give you the praise and all of God's people said, Amen. I'm bringing you this word this evening because as I look back, and I hope you do the same thing, we're coming to the end of 2014 real soon. And if you're like me, you look back over the year and 
You know, you just look at what God has done and you look at what the devil has done and you look at what you've done and you've looked at all sorts of things just to see what we've been through in 2014. And, and I'm bringing this word because as I looked back over the year, I was easily reminded of how many of us faced things that have the power to cause us to grow weary. Struggles or trials and tribulations that have the ability to cause us to give up and quit, church. Struggles and troubles that have the power to cause us to throw in the towel and say, I've had enough, God. I I quit. I can't do this anymore. I I can't do this ministry anymore, this marriage anymore, this family, fatherhood, motherhood thing anymore. I can't handle it anymore, God, and I I, I just give up. Some of us, as I look back, church, I know that some of us have lost lost loved ones this year, and our world was turned upside down because of it. Some of us have been through physical ailments or diseases or infirmities or disabilities that just seem to have plagued our bodies all year long. Some of us have been burdened with marital struggles and difficulties or fractured families. Some of us have been struggling and and have been troubled uh, by by things that are taking place in our son's life or our daughter's life because of the life choices that they've made. And it seems to have turned your household upside down and it seems to have sapped you of all of your energy and all of your joy and all of your strength. For some of us in 2014, we've been battling through financial struggles and difficulties which have strangled our joy or come against our peace. And it seems for many of us, we have been on the the, the devil's radar all year long. But it's in the midst of all of these trying times and it's in the midst of these difficult times and it's in the midst of the loss and it's in the midst of the suffering. It's in the midst of the the storms that life might bring our way or the difficulties that seem to surround our life. It's in the middle of that that God says, do not grow weary and do not give up because that's what the devil wants you to do. He'll bring chaos to your household so that you give up. He'll bring chaos to your finances so that you give up and stop trusting God. He'll do all sorts of things. He'll trouble your son and he'll trouble your daughter and he'll turn their lives upside down so that you give up. But God is saying, no matter what you're going through in 2014, no matter what you've endured all year long, and no matter what you might be going through uh, right now, don't give up and don't grow weary in doing what God has called you to do. I believe with all of my heart that in times of difficulty, like so many of us have faced this year, in times of uncertainty, in times of testing or trial or tribulation, we as God's people have to be careful to not grow weary in doing well. Amen? We must not grow weary in fighting the fight. We must not grow weary in running the race. We must not grow weary in keeping the faith, church. We hear it all the time, keep the faith. Well, that's a strong call because the devil wants you to lose your faith. The devil wants you to give up on your faith. The devil wants you to turn it in and and walk away from God. But we have been called to not lose the faith, but to keep the faith. You see, the reality is when times are tough... Like they've been for so many of us this year, and they've been tough for me too. My whole, my family has lost some loved ones. We've gone through some difficult things, and it's easy when we find ourselves in those situations to stop fighting. 
It's easy when things are rough to stop fighting for your marriage when it seems like all hell has broken loose in your marriage every single day. It's easy to throw in the towel and say, I quit and I give up. It's easy to stop fighting for our families when it's one headache after the next headache after the next headache after one heartache and another heartache and another heartache. It's easy to say, I've had enough. I give up and throw in the towel. It's in times of difficulty that becomes easy for us to stop running. Easy for us to stop trusting in God. Easy for us to stop singing our song church or, or, or serving the house of God or serving the family of God. It's easy for us to even stop trying when we find ourselves in the midst of trying times. But it's in the midst of that that God says, don't grow weary and don't give up. When it seems like we are under a constant barrage from the enemy, it's easy, like I said, to let go and lose our faith instead of keeping it. It's easy for us to hang our harp up on a willow tree like David and the Israelites did when they found themselves in the midst of turmoil day after day after day. In Psalm 137, and we'll look at it later, but it's easy for us to stop singing our songs of salvation when we find ourselves in the midst of difficulty and trying times. And it's exactly when God says, don't grow weary and don't give up. It's exactly why Paul spoke these words to the church. And he said, don't grow weary in well-doing. Don't grow weary in the fight. Don't grow weary in the race. Don't grow weary in keeping the faith because at the proper time you will reap a harvest, God said, if you don't give up. But the sad reality is we skip over two words in that so often because at the proper time you'll reap a harvest. But see, in America, boy, we're full rotten. We want everything right now. Actually, we wanted it yesterday. Amen. And that's the way we treat God sometimes. God, I wanted it yesterday. I need that victory yesterday. What's taking so long, God? I need that ASAP with capital A-S and A-N-P. That's the way we treat God sometimes. But God says, don't grow weary in well-doing because at proper time, at the proper time in my time, According to my schedule, according to my plan, according to my purpose, according to the right time, you will reap a harvest if you don't quit, if you don't give up. My wife will be the first one to tell you I'm an impatient man. I'm impatient, especially when I'm driving down the road with other people that this, you know, I wish they didn't even have a driver's license. But the reality is. What we have to do and what what I have to learn to do is to wait on God's time, because at the proper time there. Listen, there's a time that that waiting time was when God develops me. When I'm waiting for him to change my circumstance and waiting to change my situation and waiting to turn the gray sky into a sunny sky, God's doing something in me and God's doing something in you. More, more often than not, God is, God is just using that waiting time to develop something within you and me. Amen. So that we not only reap a harvest of promise and blessing, so that we reap the character of God within us as well. Because God's more concerned about our holiness than he is about our happiness. He's more concerned 
concerned about the character of God being developed in our life than he is about the comfort of this life. And sometimes God will put you in pressed in places in order to develop the character of God in my life or the character of God in your life. And it's what we have to understand why he says don't grow weary in the fire and don't grow weary in the flood and don't grow weary in the the, the pressed in place and don't grow weary in the trial or the tribulation or in the sadness or in the storm because while you're looking for something to develop around you and while you're looking for something to change around you I'm doing a work inside of you I'm changing something inside of you that'll help you endure this trial the next time it comes better than you're enduring now do not grow weary in well-doing because at the proper time you will reap a harvest if you don't give up how many of you want God's harvest amen then we must not grow weary in the race. We must not grow weary in waiting on the proper time, church. We cannot afford to get impatient with God. But unfortunately, as we face the kind of trials that many of us have in 2014, many of them one right after the next. I don't know about you, but it seems like to me that it's been attack after attack after attack after attack after attack. I've seen it happen right here in the church, even even with South Metro. The devil is one attack after another attack, one sickness after another sickness, one trial after another trial, one heartache after another heartache, one busted marriage after another busted marriage, one loss after another loss. Listen to me. The devil is working all that he can to destroy this church and destroy your life and to get you to throw in the towel and quit. And it's in the midst of that that God says, do not grow weary and do not give up. Because you will reap a harvest and your prayers will be answered and your promise will be released and, and, and heaven will be manifest in your life if you just don't give up. That's why the Holy Spirit says, don't grow weary in well-doing. Don't grow weary in your faith. Don't grow weary in waiting. Because in my season you will reap a harvest. Look, if you look at the life of Job You'll find that within one week's time, many believe that it was all on the same day. I don't know if it was one day or one week, but in less than one week, Job lost everything that he had. You know the story. He lost his family. He lost his livestock. He lost all of his wealth, and he lost his health as well. He got one bad report after the next, just like I'm talking about. But in the midst of it all, he did not lose his faith, church. He didn't lose his hope and he didn't lose his trust in God. Job said, just like y'all should know, Job said, naked I came into this world and naked I will leave this world. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I want you to understand that none of us have been through what Job has been through and he didn't give up. None of us have been through what he went through. None of us have lost everything like he lost everything, church. Not that I'm aware of. But he didn't give up, church. He didn't lose faith. He didn't lose hope. He didn't lose his trust in God. And in all of these things, verse 22 says, he did not blame God. He didn't give up on God, church. He held on to his faith. And all of this, he didn't give up. And all of that he went through, he didn't quit. He didn't throw in the towel, even when his wife told him to. You know the story. Just curse God and die. Get it over with. Throw in the towel. Surrender. Give it up, Job. No, that's when he said, naked I came into this world and naked I'll leave this world. 
The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And that's what we have to be able to say too. But the sad reality is far too many of us give up just before the harvest breaks through the ground. You know, there's a waiting period for every plant to grow. There's a waiting period for every fruit to come forth. There's a waiting period, church. There's a watering period and a dry period and a wet period and a sunny period and a cloudy period that every crop has to go through in order to develop fruit. But we don't want to wait on the proper time. We don't want to wait for the harvest, church. We give up far too often before the harvest breaks through the ground. Far too many of us give up and quit on the sixth lap. If you were here on Sunday, Brother Dennis McGuire preached a fantastic second service. I was in the second one. If you were in the first, they were completely different messages. He didn't even preach the same word. But the word that he preached in the second one is a great word, and he said the same exact thing. And I wanted to follow up, but far too many of us quit on the sixth lap. We quit on God right before the harvest breaks forth into our life, church. We, we give up right before the windows of heaven are opened up and miracles and blessings are poured out into our life. We give up on God on the sixth lap. Remember, if Joshua quit on the sixth lap around the wall of Jericho, the victory would not have been his. It wasn't until the seventh lap. If Naaman would have quit dipping in the Jordan River, he would have never been healed, church. Of his leprosy. If he quit, it was right around the corner. It was one dip away for for Naaman. What would have happened if he quit? What would have happened to Joshua after six? It was one lap away. And far too often we quit on the sixth lap. We quit on the sixth dip. We quit on the sixth attempt to call out to God like Elisha did when he called out for rain. He called out one time, two times, three times, four times, five times, six times, seven to six times. He put his head under the, his cloak and he hid himself away. What would have happened if he quit after six times? The harvest was one more prayer away. And far too often we quit at the sixth lap. Throw in the towel. Can't take it anymore, God. Can't do it anymore. And, and there's the harvest. It's just pushing through the soil and we walk away from it. Don't give up! Because there is a harvest waiting for every single one of us. Don't give up on your kid. The miracle's right around the corner. Don't give up on your marriage. There's a miracle right around the corner. Don't give up on that bonus. Don't give up on that boss. Don't give up on that situation. Don't give up on that circumstance. Don't give up on that promise because there is a harvest right around the corner. Oh, but God, that's a lot to ask. I've been around that wall six times already. Well, the seventh will bring you freedom. The seventh will bring you your promise. The seventh will open up. So that's, that's what I'm, that's all I'm saying is that don't give up. I thought that was a wonderful word from him, uh, Brother McGuire on Sunday. And it fit my message. So I just, I copycatted him. Amen. But it's exactly why God said, do not grow weary in well doing for in due season you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. How many of you want a harvest? How many of you want to have restored to you more than what you have lost? That's what happened to Job, church. It was restored unto him more than he lost, the Bible tells me, because he didn't give up. 
because he kept trusting God, because he kept praising God, because he kept relying on God, because he kept worshiping God. He didn't give up in the midst of the the bad report. I don't know how many bad reports he got, but he never quit, church. If we want to harvest, if we want to be have restored unto us the things that we've lost, then it's not the time to quit running. It's not the time to, to stop fighting. It's not the time to stop trusting or praying or believing or serving or whatever other word you want to put in there because there's a harvest that's growing in the midst of your difficulties. I hope you understand that, church. No matter what season you find yourself in, there is a harvest growing in the midst of your circumstance and in the midst of your situation. How many of you know that God's harvest is not affected by situation or circumstance? There's no situation or circumstance that can happen in your life that can keep God's harvest from growing. It's a supernatural crop. And the way that we receive it is by not quitting and not giving up. The the harvest doesn't stop growing. God's promise doesn't stop growing. The things of God, the the promises of God and, and the move of God and the power of God and the blessings of God, the harvest of God or the crop of God, it grows in any condition you might find yourself in. When's the last time you found yourself in the middle of a tough situation praying something like this? God, it might, it, it's hot and it's hot today. Temperatures turned up in my life and the devil, everything seems to be falling around, falling apart around me. I'm pressed in. I'm squeezed in. Everything looks negative. Everything looks sad. Everything's horrible around me, but God, but I thank you that there's a harvest. I thank you that there's a harvest. I thank you that there's a promise coming. I thank you that there's a blessing coming. I thank you, God, in the midst of all of this junk that I'm going through, that there's a harvest. You see, if we could begin to pray that way and trust that way and believe that way and confess that way, I believe that harvest would come a little bit sooner. Amen? So that's what we need to say. It may be gloomy. It might be dark to you and me. But God's harvest is still growing. It might be cold and wet, spiritually speaking, emotionally speaking, but God's harvest is still growing. It might seem dry and parched in our life and in our spiritual life, but God's harvest is still growing. And all we have to do to receive it, all we have to do, church, to reap it is to what? Not quit. It's the only prerequisite that God puts on it. Don't quit. That's why it's the title of my message. Don't give up. Don't quit. But unfortunately, far too often when we find ourselves in the midst of trying times, we begin to question God's plan. In the midst of trying times, we begin to question God's promise or even question God's power. We begin to wonder if God knows what he's doing with our life. We begin to question his motives and his concerns for our well-being and for our future. Remember what the Israelites said when they were pressed in at the Red Sea? When Pharaoh was marching in behind them, when they had the Red Sea in front of them, the mountains on this side, and they they had the thundering chariots coming in behind them, they said, why did you bring us out here in the first place, God? Why did you bring us up out of Egypt into this terrible place, they said. We would have been better off in Egypt, they said. Just released from 400 years of slavery and bondage. 400 years of living under Pharaoh's rule. God releases them, brings them out. And at the first sign of difficulty, what would you bring us up out here to this terrible place for? 
They began to question God's plan for their life. They began to question what God was doing, if God, if God knew what he was doing even to begin with. At the first sign of difficulty, they questioned God's plan for them. And unfortunately, far too often we do the same exact thing. As soon as things get tough, we begin to question God. When things get rough and tough, we begin to question that God is even God. We begin to question whether he cares for us, whether he's concerned for us. I I began to think about even the disciples, the chosen 12, the best of the best. When they were out on a boat crossing over the, the sea to get to the other side, as Jesus commissioned them to do when a storm comes along and tries to disrupt God's plan. What's the first thing they do when they find themselves in the middle of the storm? They question God. They question his love. They question his care. They question his concern. They go and shake Jesus, who's sleeping in the back of the boat, it says. And they say what? They say, do not you, don't, don't you care, teacher, that we're perishing? Don't you care that we're about to die? Don't you care that we're, we're about to drown out here in the middle of the sea? They began to question his care for them. I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life where I have questioned that same exact thing. Don't you care, God? Don't you care about my family? Don't you care about my kids? Don't you care about my health? Don't you care about my wealth? Don't you care about my ministry? Don't you care, God? That's what happens when trying and troubles and tribulation come into our life. It it tempts us to question God's concern and care for us. But in the middle of all of that, church, in the middle of it, we need to we need to not grow weary and well-doing and we need to not give up. But that's what we do far too often when we find ourselves pressed in on, on, on every side. We begin to question God's ability to be God. We begin to question his authority. We begin to question his sovereignty We begin to question his power and his promise and even his plans, church. But what we have to understand and remember, you all know it, Jeremiah 29, 11, God makes it clear. He says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to bless you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and plans to give you a future. Look at what it said. I know the plans that I have for you. But far too often we sit around and we think God's sitting up there in heaven, scratching his head, thinking, how am I going to handle that situation? How am I going to get them out of that mess? God knows the plan that he has for you. He knows the plan that he has for me. He knew the plan that he had for the disciples as they went across the, 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 the sea. You know what it was? It was for them to get to the other side so that they could release the power of the kingdom of God in the land of the lost. God knew the plan that he had for the children of Israel when he brought them up out of Egypt. It was to take them to a land that was flowing with milk and honey. And at the first sign of opposition, Allah, I want to go back to Egypt. Because they began to question God's sovereignty and his power. And they they began to question his plan. And far too often we do the same exact thing. God's not confused about the plans that he has for you, church. I know the plans that I have for you both now and in the future. God wants us to know that they will come to pass. That harvest will come. That promise will come. That kingdom will come into our life if we just don't give up. If we don't grow weary in well-doing, if we don't grow weary in fighting, numerous times Jesus talked about not giving up in the, in, in the Gospels. 
That the one that endures to the end is the one that shall be saved. That the one that endures to the end is the one that will wear the the crown of glory. When you read Revelations, it talks about the one that endures to the end shall wear the crown. The one that endures to the end will wear the white robe. The one that endures to the end will have a, a stone with their name written on it. The one that endures to the end will sit at the table and sup with me. It's the one who endures through the trials and the tribulations and the heartaches and the sadnesses and the sorrows of life, church. It will all be ours if we don't give up. And it's exactly why God's saying don't give up, because God wants you to have the harvest. So often we think God's some stingy God, don't want us to have anything. Don't want us to have a blessing, doesn't want us to have a good life. God said that the devil, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and have it what? More abundantly. God wants to pour out his abundance on you. And I'm not just talking financially. He wants you to have an abundance of joy, an abundance of peace and an abundance of health. He wants you to be wealthy in every area of your life. That's who God is. He wants you to have the harvest. And what he's trying to teach us is that if you want every good thing that I have for you, just don't give up. Hang in there because the harvest is on its way. Listen to me. Paul brought the church these words of encouragement in Galatians 6 because he knew that in moments of trial and testing, In moments of difficulty and uncertainty that we face the danger of growing weary and quitting. Quitting church. Listen, pastors know more more well than anybody how many people quit church when things get tough. All we got to do is stand up here and look out across this congregation on Sunday morning and know the stories of the people and see how many quit on church when things get tough. Quit on marriage when things get rough. Quit on their kids when their kids aren't where they're supposed to be. They, they quit on their, their job when the, the boss demands too much of them. We got to stop being quitters, church, especially the children of God, because in this passage, of, uh, in this passage Jesus tells me that quitters never win. That's the word of God. Quitters never win. You don't get the goodness of God and the blessings of God in your life when you quit. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't stop fighting. Don't stop trusting. Don't stop believing. But Paul wrote these words to the church because he understood the church was going to go through trial and tribulation, and they were. They were going through heartache and headache, and they were, they were at the edge of quitting. God speaks words at timely moments. And it was a timely word for them because they were at the edge of quitting. And God reminded them there's a harvest for you if you just wouldn't quit. There's some people, maybe even here tonight, you're at the edge of quitting something. I know there are in the house of God. I know there is people like that at South Metro. They're at the edge of quitting something. And God is saying, don't quit. Don't give up because there's a harvest for you. But unfortunately, so often, instead of Continuing to do well, we give up. It's exactly why the Lord sent the word to the church, because when things get rough and tough and the winds begin to blow, when life gets difficult, it's not the time to quit, church. It's the time to press on. When you find yourself in a trying situation, it's not the time to quit. It's the time to press on. When you find yourself in the middle of heartache, you better find yourself a prayer closet and press on in prayer. 
When you find yourself in the middle of in, in the middle of, of sadness, you better lift up the hands and, and press on in praise. That's how you combat that stuff. The devil's going to bring junk into your life. You better combat it with some good things and spiritual things. He comes at you with sadness and depression. Throw up those hands and start worshiping God and start praising God. When he comes against you and comes against your finances, stop being stingy and give a little bit to God. These are the ways that we combat those things. When he comes against you with fear, stand up in courage. It's not the time to quit when life gets difficult. It's not the time to lose hope. It's not the time to lose faith. It's not the time to stop trusting in God. It's time for us to trust in the Lord. It's time for us to be still and know that he is God, church. In Isaiah 40, 29 to 31, these are all familiar passages. You all know it. He, meaning God, gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail. But, but, but those who wait upon the Lord... Those who are still in their soul and know that he is God. Those who wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I don't know about you, but I want to run and not be weary. I want to walk and not faint. I want to preach and be filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to witness and be filled with His power and filled with His anointing. I want to go through life, church, with wings of eagles so I can fly over the situations and circumstances in life instead of them trampling me down. And the only way that that's going to happen is for me to be still and know that He's God and, and wait for His appropriate time. Wait for the harvest that He has for me. Those who wait upon the Lord. Look at it. Four times in one verse, God uses the word they. They shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings. as They? Who's they? They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God's talking about someone in particular there, church. So who's the they God is speaking of? Those that wait upon the Lord. Those who don't grow weary in waiting. It's like I said, hardest thing for us sometimes is to wait. Wait. Wait on the Lord. Far too often we take matters into our own hands. We think we can fix things better than God. At least I do sometimes. Sometimes we think we're wiser than God, stronger than God, can negotiate better than God, can manipulate the people around us better than God. But we need to learn to wait on God. Amen. So that we can receive what we want. God wants his church to run and not be weary. Amen. He wants us to fight and not fail. He wants us to walk out his plan and not faint. He wants you to mount up with wings like eagles, like I said, so that you can fly over the situations and circumstances of life. But in order for that to happen, we can't quiver. And we can't quit. You see, I believe that this ties into the message that the series that I had with you about Al-Turah, be not afraid, because that's exactly what he started this passage with. He talks about not being afraid in a passage that I'm going to read as well. But we got to not be afraid and we got to learn to wait, church, so that we can mount up with wings and eagles. We can't quiver and we can't quit. We have to wait on God 
You have to trust that the Lord knows the plans that He has for you. Plans to bless you. Not harm you. Plans to give you hope. Plans to give you a future, church. In Exodus 14, 13, God speaks through Moses and tells the people who are pressed in at the Red Sea, and we've learned this one in my last series, they're pressed in at the Red Sea, mountains on both sides, an impossible path in front of them, and thundering chariots behind them. And what's the first thing he says to them? He says, Al-Tirah. He says, fear not. He says, stand still. So he's telling us to do two things, fear not and stand still. Fear not and stand firm, stand confident, stand undismayed and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians that you see marching against you today, you shall never see again. How many would love for the enemy to be taken care of like that for you? Amen. Amen. Well, you know what this teaches me? It teaches me that'll happen when I do two things, when I fear not and when I be still and know that he's God, when I give it over to God. When I surrender it to God, when I put my enemy in God's hands and in God's concern, he'll take care of my enemy. Amen. And he'll take care of him better than me. But this he goes on to say, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace and remain at rest. So he tells him to stand still, tells him three things. Fear not, stand still and hold on to your peace. These are three ways that we'll get through any trial, three ways you'll get through any tribulation, three ways that you'll overcome the enemy is if you altirah, if you fear not, if you stand firm in your faith, and if you hold on to your peace. How many of you know the first thing the devil wants to take from you is your peace? You know why the first thing the devil wants to take from you or get you to give away is your peace? Is because God gave it to you. Jesus gave it to you. He hates Jesus. He hates Jesus. And every anything God gives you and anything Jesus gives you, he wants to take away. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. What was it that the word says? Jesus said what? Jesus said, my peace I give unto you. My peace I leave with you. Not a peace that this world can give do I give to you, but it's a peace that this world can't give and the world what? Can't take away. Please understand The devil cannot take away your peace. Biblically, I'm talking biblically, the devil cannot take away your peace. You have to give it away. You have to give it away. I got to give away my peace. Jesus gave me his peace. He gave me a peace that the world can't take away. So when you lose your peace, guess what? You gave it away. When I lose my peace and I lose my rest and I lose my sleep and I lose my whatever it is that's related to peace, guess what? I'm the one that gave it away because Jesus gave me a peace that this world can't give and that this world can't take away. Why do you think God said, hold your peace? Hold it. Hold on to it. Don't let it go. When you find yourself in the middle of a situation like the children of Israel did, stand firm. Don't be afraid. Trust in God and hold on to your peace. And the enemy you see today, you will see no more forever. That's how good God is when we do what God asks us to do. But we'll never see that enemy destroyed when when, when we turn tail and let that enemy chase us. But that's what we do. We turn tail and the enemy chases us because we're not 
Al-Tarah. We're not obeying that command to Al-Tarah, to be not afraid. We're not standing still, trusting that he is God. And then we just give away our peace. And I'll get to that a little bit more. I know I've got to start winding this down soon because we're at already, I think, quarter after. Look at it. As soon as the children of Israel let go of their peace, and I'm saying let go because they had to let go of it. They let go of their peace. When they let go of their peace, they were ready to surrender their freedom and their future. When they lost their peace, when they gave it away, they were willing to give away their freedom and their future as well. They were ready to give up on God's promise of a land that was flowing with milk and honey. We would be better off in bondage, they said. When they let peace escape them, when they failed to hold on to their peace, they were willing to let go of their promise. When, when you let go of your peace... You let go of your promise. When you let go of your peace, you let go of your milk and you let go of your honey. When you let go of your peace, you let go of that promised land as far as from the mountaintop to the great river Euphrates. You lose your land when you lose your peace, church. And it's why the devil attacks that first. If he can get you to give away your peace, if he can get you to lose your peace, he, 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 when you let him take your peace... You let him take everything. When you let him take your peace, he'll take your marriage. When you let him take your peace, he'll take your kids. When you let him take your peace, he'll take your finances. When you let him take your peace, he'll take your mind. Why do you think so many people are in mental wards? It's because they've lost their peace. Peace of mind. And so this is what the devil does. He comes after our peace, church. He, he brings all sorts of things into our lives in order to get us to surrender and lose our peace. Because if he can cause us to do that, if he can take our peace, he can take anything. And it's exactly why God said, hold your peace. You see, the reality is being still isn't enough. You've got to hold your peace as well. Being still and trusting that he is God, in my opinion, isn't enough. You've got to hold your peace as well. And what you should be able to do, the reason that you and I should be able to hold our peace, is because we understand that he is God. When you don't understand that he's God, man, you'd be giving your peace away like it was free. When you don't understand that he's God. But when you understand, when you know that you know that you know, That he is Jehovah God. When you know that you know that you know that he is the Prince of Peace. That he's Jehovah Jireh, my provider. When you know that you know that you know that he is Jehovah Shalom, my peace. That he is Jehovah Nissi, my victory banner. When you know that you know that you know that he is God and that he is good. You won't lose your peace. The reason we lose our peace is... Is, is because we don't understand God. When we lose our peace or we give away our peace, it's when we don't have the right sight of God in our life. We lose sight of who He is. We lose sight of the fact when the children of Israel, listen, when they were pressed in at the Red Sea, they forgot that He was the God that brought them out of Egypt. They forgot that it was the same God. When the children of Israel found themselves in that situation, the reason they lost their peace was because they lost sight of their deliverer. And the same thing goes for us. When we 
When we give up, it's because we have lost sight of who God is and how good God is and how great God is and how powerful God is. Amen, church? So we've got to always have our eyes fixed on God so that we don't quit. That's how we don't quit. We keep our eyes fixed on the author and the finisher of our faith, whom for the hope set before him endured the cross, enduring the shame, enduring the suffering, and he did it wise so that when we go through trying times, the Bible says, so that we won't give up when we find ourselves in trying times and situations. So here's how we don't give up. We keep our eyes fixed on him. We keep our eyes fixed on the author and the finisher of our faith. He started your life and he'll finish your life. He's the one that started you. He's the one that ordered your days before you took a single breath. He's the one that knit you together while you were in your mother's womb. He numbered your days and ordered your steps before you even opened up your eyes, church. And that's what we have to understand. That's how good and great our God is. And when we keep our eyes fixed on him, we will not lose our faith. He wants us to hang in there until the harvest. If we've got anybody that can come to music, that's fine. But here's how I'm closing. In Psalm 137, David discusses the situation and the, the makeup and the, the spirit uh, of the children of Israel. And he tells us in that passage, you read it when you have the time. He tells us that their, their situation became so burdensome that they gave up. It tells us that they decided to sit down beside the rivers of Babylon and they hung their harps upon a willow tree and they stopped singing their song of salvation. They were so burdened. See, here's the story. I don't want to get too much into it. But when they were first taken into captivity, they drove the enemy crazy because all they kept singing was about how good God was. From the moment they were taken into captivity, all they did was sing songs of salvation. They beat them. They whipped them. Sang songs of salvation. They kept food from them. They made them stomp out bricks of of clay and wheat. And they kept singing songs of salvation. It drove the enemy crazy. But the enemy kept at it. The enemy kept at it. Enemy kept burdening them. The enemy kept throwing weight on them. The enemy kept beating them. The enemy kept driving them down till they got to the place where they sat down beside the rivers of Babylon and said, Enough is enough. I can't take this anymore. They began to weep. They took their songs of salvation that they sang for years and they hung it up on a willow tree. Said, that's enough. And their song turned to weeping. Their song turned to crying. And that's where they were going to live. Place of sadness, place of sorrow. And my point is simply this. It's exactly what the devil wants to do with you. He wants to so beat you up. He wants to so burden you. He wants to so sadden you. He wants to surround your life with so many struggles and so many situations and so many headaches and so many heartaches where you finally say, enough's enough. We hang our harp up on the willow tree and we no longer sing our songs of salvation. We give up on God and we give up our testimony and we give up the songs of salvation.
And this is exactly why the Lord is bringing these words. Because if you want to reap your harvest, you can't hang your harp on a willow tree. If you want to reap your harvest, you can't sing sad songs by the rivers of Babylon. You got to get up. You got to dust yourself off. You got to pick up that harp. And you got to start playing again. You got to start singing those songs of salvation in the midst of hell. You just got to keep on singing, keep on trusting, keep on praying, keep on believing, keep on serving. Keep on coming to church. Keep on loving. Keep on trusting. You've got to keep on keeping on, church. Amen? You've got to keep on seeking. You've got to keep on knocking. You've got to keep on asking. You've got to keep on believing. You've got to keep on doing the right thing. You've got to keep on giving. And I, I could list a hundred things that we've got to keep on doing. This is, why, this is why the Word said, do not grow weary in well-doing. Praying is a good thing. Don't give up on it. Don't grow weary in praying. Don't give up on serving, giving. Don't give up on those things. Don't hang your harp on a willow tree. Why? Because there's a harvest waiting for you. It's a promise right around the corner if you just won't give up. So my challenge to you, church, this isn't for 2015. This isn't some resolution for the year that's coming. I'm just speaking to wherever you are today. And if you're like me, you've got some things going on in your life. If you're like me, you've got the devil knocking at your door. If you're like me, you've got the devil nipping at your heel. If you're like me, you've got some dark days. If you're like me, you've got headache and heartache. If you're like me, you've got some sadnesses and sorrows that have come against you in life, and the devil just is waiting for you to quit. And the Holy Spirit is saying, don't grow weary in well-doing, because in due season you'll reap a harvest if you just don't quit.